Welcome to Tech Talk with Vodacom. Today, we're talking about video games, specifically their development. On average, there are around 2.3 billion people playing games worldwide, and that number is only getting bigger with the advent of cloud gaming services. But within this enormous industry, how do smaller developers keep their drive, passion, and ultimately their businesses running, while juggling ever-changing technology and the challenges of interactivity, all while still trying to keep it fun? My name is Drew, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taryn. Hi, guys. Today we have uh, Evan Greenwood, who's the founder of Free Lives in Studio. We haven't had a physical body in studio in a while. It's so cool. I wish you guys could even see his drip. He's looking really cool today. <laughs> um, Evan and his team run Free Lives and their game development company. Hi there. I'm Evan Greenwood. I, I founded Free Lives back in 2012. Um, and yeah, we're a team of game developers. We, we've made several games over the years, uh, working on a few more. Um, we, we are a small game developer in terms of scale. We're about 18 or so people. Um, but uh, our games have reached millions of people and a lot of those people really enjoyed the games. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're probably the, the biggest in Africa just doing what we do games for entertainment um, so it's you know it's been a it's been an interesting ride so far I, I started off more with uh, animation websites um, that kind of thing so a little bit of programming um, and in, when indie games started to become a thing uh, where it was possible for a small team of one or even two or three people uh, to make a game and and sell it uh, I kind of jumped into to that, studied, uh, self-studied uh, the, the programming side of things. Uh, found some teammates over time, and we came up with a game called Broforce in 2012, uh, which did fantastically well, and, and kind of the team formed around that. Uh, so I, I have an interactive animation background, um, but there were a lot of unique skills needed to learn in video games to, to, to really start the company and have a, have a success. And you guys are based in Cape Town, mm -hmm. and so obviously you, you're dealing with a you know a purely South African team, I'm assuming, and you guys are building from Africa, and I think that you know, developing your career in, in the context of South Africa, what do you think have been some of the challenges and then some of the surprising benefits? I mean, the, the great benefit of working in uh, South Africa is that there are incredibly talented people in, in this country. We've got great animation industry. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a lot of software development. There, there's, there's people with the right core skill sets to make games. Um, and I think this is more true of, of a, a country like South Africa than many other places. Uh, there's like a real first world education system leading, leading people um, to, to develop these skills. We're geographically quite separated from the rest of the game development world. Um, uh, it's long flights to meet kind of veterans of the industry, people who could give us advice um, and, and we could learn from. Um, and, and, it's, and it's expensive as well, like mm -hmm. seeking out um, that information. It's uh, building personal relationships with, with overseas people. It's much harder from, from Africa. Um, I, I, think, um, I, think, I think also South Africans are hardworking, adventurous people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we're not a monolith, but I, I think there's those people out there. And it's, uh, I think a lot of the team at Free Lives are, are some world-class, excellent game developers that we just happen to find in South Africa. 
Um, and, and yeah, like you say, we, we, we do work with South Africans. We um, like to, to work in person um, where we had, a, we had the, I guess, experience a lot of people had with COVID and lockdowns and trying to do things remotely. And we didn't exactly fail at it, but it, there was a kind of sadness in not mm-hmm. seeing your teammates and your friends and people you get along with. And, and it, yeah, it's more exciting in person. So we're very much a South African yeah. studio. I think the creativity flows in person, so what I'm realizing. <laughs> yeah. So I want to just talk a bit more about Free Lives, the company itself. Um, we talk about game development, but that's such a broad term. Um, what is what is Free Lives' mission? So we we make um, I guess what you call niche games for for niche audiences. Um, the yeah, and and it's 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 not like one single audience. Each each game kind of finds its own audience. Um, we've made action games. We've made VR games. Uh, we've made uh, weird humor, bizarro kind of experiences. We're working on a game that's about reclaiming the wasteland to build a, a ecological uh, utopia. Um, and and these aren't all for a particular person in mind, but they all are the kinds of games that. Um, if we were trying to make a game for just everyone, you wouldn't be able to. Uh, you, you, you'd be forced to make lots of kind of cultural concessions. Yeah, you'd yeah. be forced to kind of smooth out the edges and uh, present uh, present things that are a bit more generally accepted. Um, where if you if you know this game is just for people that care about the environment and are terrified about climate change. You can make some, you know, take some extreme positions within the game, or if not extreme, you can you you you, you can really appeal to yeah. them. You can say things that like resonate with them and not have to worry about naysayers. Um, and and I think that's so. So our mission is uh, to make games that small numbers of people can feel very passionate about. We you know we're driven by curiosity. We keep making wildly different games and. Part of that is we don't, we kind of get bored, you know, make, if we were to make a, a franchise that year after year making this, the same game over and over, I think the team would grow tired and, and wary and maybe when we're older we'll want yeah. to do that. But, you know, right right now we're trying to have fun and we think that kind of makes the, the team stronger, that makes our, um, uh, and makes the games better. Yeah, and, and where are you guys distributing these games and where are you finding that, you know, these are the places that you want to be in terms of selling your games and, you know, giving it access to those people that, you know, know will enjoy it. So so each game is different. Um, we've got games on, on PC uh, and games on VR, games on mobile. Um, and I think that the game decides it. Like we, we find a game that we're excited about and also that, people who are outside of the studio are excited about. It's, it's very important for us to test our assumptions. And then the game suits a particular um, marketplace or platform or just control schemes. You know, if it's mouse-driven, it's going to be on PC, but if it's um, or, or mobile, uh, if it's an action game, it's probably more like a console experience. Um, so it, it, it's, it's not... There's... We, we, Everything we do is about finding those those really exciting games, um, and then everything else follows that. I'm curious as to know where you engage with the audience. Where are you testing ideas and 
you know. So, so our current process and what we've done for the last few years, uh, we just put games out for free. We don't even put them out under uh, Free Lives' name. We just, the individual creator or the team kind of uploads them in a place where people download free games. Yeah. Uh, then people, you know, either pay attention to it, share it, make videos about them playing it. They either obviously enjoy it and tell their friends about it. Um, or it dies a sad and <laughs> lonely day. Lonely day, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and you know, we we can we feel that's a safe way of doing things because we're not going to end up in a situation where we believe in a game and actually the world doesn't. Um, and so far, so good with that. But it's it's uh, we make a lot of these small experiences. We spend um, we you know go away to. You know, leave the office, go away someplace, sit down, make games for a week. Um, you know, small experiences, and if those small experiences can kind of capture people's imagination, then we we build on it mm-hmm. and see if that like that increases the response, um, or or not. Like sometimes, sometimes it 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 just it it takes a while before you realize it's not worth it anymore. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of killing your babies. A lot of like a lot of broken I'm dreams. I'm wondering how emotionally invested you get in this, and then you need to like cut it loose, and like nobody else is interested in this but you. It's it's I mean it's, it's hard, but like there's times where we cancel projects that are eight months, two years in, wow. um, and that's obviously a lot harder. So you want to do it early when you're just like, it was just a joke, but haha, <laughs> it would be nice if people really you know appreciated this yeah. thing. Yeah, just we act made. like your heart and soul isn't in this thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but um. And yeah, and like I say, we try, uh, you know, anonymize it a little bit. Like it's not like we're trying to push people to it because the very thing we want to know is do people like it? So that kind of brings the objective Mm. and sort of more honest responses from people when it's done anonymously. It it suits certain kinds of games. I think there's games that take like a lot longer to kind of cook, uh, a lot longer to get to the point where you can share them. And that's a thing we haven't maybe figured out yet. But um, also, I don't want to live with the anxiety of working on because game projects are big, right? Like, there's, mm-hmm. we've spent like three years on projects when when they're like really in production, and you don't want to spend three years and then realize at the end, you know, it wasn't worth the three years. Um, it's it's heartbreaking. It's financially ruinous, um, and that just the anxiety of that worry as you do it is unpleasant anyway. Yeah. So, what's a warning sign? that it's not working like how did what, like when is that moment where you start to think actually i'm not sure about this so so the weird i mean feedback is either positive or non-existent people don't talk about don't don't if they don't care about what you're doing they don't say anything so you're which is uh tricky because you you, you can you can look at like one piece of feedback and they're like we absolutely love this game you're like Okay, everyone will love this game if this person loves the game, but it's not, you mm. want to see a thousand people say, or 10,000 people saying, we like it. Or um, I, I think, I think so, so no feedback is negative feedback. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of positive feedback is still kind of negative feedback. It's like, it's got to mm. be, it's got to be a torrent of it. And then, um, and then you should get excited. Then you know you're onto something. But it's also that curve, right? Because there's early adopters out there who are adventurous and they 
um, they pick up games when they're still very janky and um, basic. Um, and then you want to see the early adopters share it to the sort of middle adopters and eventually the laggers and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. That's, um, so the, you, you, you should, as you're developing it, be watching that kind of curve grow from like the very adventurous YouTubers or Twitch streamers who pick up uh, experimental and weird games through to more kind of basic YouTubers, I don't know, more, more like mm. mainstream. And you should be seeing a curve from... It's like a slow progression yeah, into, a, into, into bigger audiences. Yeah, a progression from the adventurous to the mainstream yeah. as you polish up features and and as it just, as it spreads. Um, and you know, the hope is by the time you launch it, it's uh, an experience that is a lot more palatable and also people have heard about it five times from their adventurous friends mm. and then they pick it up. I think just to add to that, knowing when something's not working, when do you know something is working? How do you know that actually you're onto something? So, I mean, the, 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 the words I'm looking for is how do I buy this um, generally? Mm, yeah. it's, it's, that's a just a, it's often just a nice way of people saying, Hey, I I like your game, but it it's it's the kind of nice way of saying it that says they believe in this thing and they would recommend it to their friends. And um, I think the 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 other thing is um, so one of one of one of the great things about making games. I alluded to this already in like this you know in in the last like decade is YouTube and Twitch and people streaming their experiences. And you can see on their faces whether they're enjoying it. Like if they're laughing, they're smiling, or you know their pupils are dilated, or whatever it is. There's a lot of science around this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you can see that they're loving it, yeah. and like that, that's that's very good feedback for whether you're on the right track. Um, and, and it works in this industry because uh, so much of the act of making a game, or, or so much of the process is having people perform your game to more people who want to watch people perform the game and maybe play it yourself. It's like a, it's a weird time to be living in where mm. so much of, I mean, our marketing is almost entire, like the vast amount of it is other people playing the game mm-hmm. and showing their performance to people. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a weird time, but there, so there's an abundance of feedback, uh, positive feedback when you, when it's good and there's a, yeah, a dearth of it when yeah. when things aren't right, or because we if if they're playing your game and so they're so frustrated they're crying they just don't upload that video you know like it's you, you never see the person who's screaming at their keyboard because it's just it's not pleasant for anyone to watch mm, and they're curating the you yeah. know what they put out there. What would you say for someone who's listening to this and is like, I'm a gamer, I'm you know creative, and this would be like a dream to do. What are some of the things that they would need to to know about this kind of role and the the kind of things that would help them develop this career? What I find so great about games is I know that like fifteen year old kid out there that like is going to play this game and love it, and I know what that feels like because I've been that kid. Um, and it's this, it's it's a very rewarding um, industry. And I don't think you have to be a gamer to make games. I think there's lots of other skills, and I think. Also, being a gamer comes with quite often like social like things. Like if you're uh, social hurdles, like if you've spent all your time socializing online, 
you know, you're going to have to learn a lot of communication skills to work with a team in a stressful project that might go on for years. Um, so, don't, uh, but it's, it, games are, of, the, the process of game development incorporates so many skills. There's, so, there's a lot of ways to get involved. Uh, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of skills that can be absorbed. Yeah. Storytelling, um, 3D, 2D visuals, um, and the game design itself, which is kind of unique to games, but also, you know, is a little bit of architecture. It's a little bit of like theme park design or gamification of websites, that kind of thing. So just in terms of the beginning of a game's, game's life, life cycle, um, can you just sort of give us some insight into... Do these ideas come to you sort of fully formed? Is it just bits and pieces that you have to put together? Um, what what is kind of the life cycle of a of a game being developed? So a, a lot of our games uh, start off with a, a person or a team. A lot, a lot of games start off with like game jams, which I don't know if you know what a hackathon is. It's yeah. like it's a like a marathon. Or, you know, it's this limited period of time you get to make something. Um, so, so a, a game jam is, uh, you've got a weekend, you've got a week, um, sometimes it's competitive. You're competing with people all around the world who are going to submit something. Um, uh, so in, in the case of a game like, like Terra Null, which is one of the games we're, we're busy working on, um, Sam Alfred, uh, was competing in a weekend competition. It was like a 72 hour competition and he had this idea for a sort of builder uh, game, uh, like a city builder game, except in this case, instead of building a city, you're uh, cleaning up the effects of pollution from cities, mm. um, which is, you know, it's it, that that's a nice like pitch. Mm. Like often the, the, that concept is at the, the core of it. And then you have an idea for the actions that the player would doing would be doing. And then you'd have... Um, You'd start finding a visual style for it, an audio style for it. He, he, he brought in music from a composer that is now working on the game um, full time. Um, he, he, he programmed and did a lot of the art of the early version. But then, uh, once people were playing this game and, and the audience was the audience was building, people were saying how excited they were about the game. Uh, he brought in other members from Free Lives who then uh, uh, redid parts of it. Now that the visual style is completely changed um, and it went through some iterations there, which you know, involved um, several people from Free Life to kind of find, find, a, find the look of it. So it's, it's iterative from the point of kind of creation. You're, it's highly collaborative. By and, and, it's, it, yeah. and it's very collaborative. Mm-hmm. It's possible to make a game just by yourself, mm-hmm. but... But the way free lives work, yeah. it sounds like it's quite and it's, team, and it's, teamwork. And it's, you know, you're, you're using other people's strengths that mm-hmm. way. Um, and, yeah, and, and then there, there is a point at which it's uh, kind of greenlit in a um, sort of formal sense where we're like, okay, this is actually a project we're definitely doing now. Um, and then more more of a team is formed around it as a result where they're working on it. They have a, a launch that's, end of this year you know i think they 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 have a launch that's i can say they have a launch at the end of the year and um yeah and and it, it the, the the final period 
of game development is where a lot of the work is, the team's generally larger, uh, you've done a lot of the play, and like in some ways emotionally, that's a more challenging period. Like it's easy when things are creative, like it's hard from a perspective of you're making important decisions, but at a certain point, you've made a lot of important decisions, you're now refining, you're, um, you're, you're adding, you're, you're building upon what was there before. And now you've got to deal with deadlines and the, you know, the complexities of a big software project that has mm. to run on lots of different devices. Um, and we, we have some, some partners who help us with that who are in Joburg, at 24-bit games, who are excellent and are working on Terranol in particular. Um, yeah, so, and then one day it launches and then you kind of feel disappointed because your baby is out in the world. You know, it's like empty nest syndrome. You're like, oh no, I don't have anything to work on anymore. And, you know, but hopefully people like what you made. So you you get, you have this this, like mixed experience of, you know, adrenaline fatigue and um, not having a purpose anymore. But then all these people telling you congratulations and um, that's always a, a weird moment. And then sometimes you just keep on developing it anyway because you're going to do updates and port it to more platforms and, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's yeah, there's a number of games you can check out. The um, And we're always making more. We're trying to... Uh, we, 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 we have a lot of fun with the local community making game jams and that kind of thing you can kind of um if you're interested in games that's what i'd recommend getting involved with just do you guys come... host game jams we, we do we haven't been hosting them um that publicly because of covid yeah. we used to do a, a fair bit more yeah um there is a i think a inter-campus game jam coming up between vits and vega and a few of the other yeah. game development campuses um uh, and and there's, there'll be later this year an essay game jam. We kind of do that every year where people are encouraged to make games. And like often uh, campuses like Vega and Vitz like do host in person the ability to, to go somewhere and hang out there and ask questions and get some support and find out what the hell's going on. Um, so I, I'd recommend getting involved that way. There's, there, there's opportunities. You'll, you'll probably be able to figure it out if you... Uh, look at make games essay uh, which is like a the website that kind of hosts the community um and it's i just say it's a lot of fun like if you are if you do love make like playing games you should try making them it's i'd say it's better um nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. cool cool thanks very much for joining us um we'll be sure to check out some of your titles and see what's coming up next uh and yeah thanks very much for being part of our episode yeah, thank you very much it was great This is Tech Talk with Vodacom, changing tech made simple. Visit Vodacom now for more about the world of tech and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.